Good morning, afternoon, and evening, Supercoach Elites. Welcome back to another Supercoach Elites podcast, proudly sponsored by the Patreons at patreon.com forward slash SC Elites and our mates at supercoachchampion.com. If you haven't got your ring now, it's about time you would go back and order it, get it all for your leagues, get it all paid out. My name's Corey, and we've got a couple of the boys back this week. First of all, Schmitty, welcome back, my friend. Thank you for having me. It's good to be back. That's good. That's good. You excited for the Brownlow podcast? You got a date now? Yeah, can't wait. <laughs> very, very good. Very good. Very good. Royal, Diz, how are you, mate? Yeah, not bad. Not bad. Especially after the weekend. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, uh, I'm surprised you actually fronted up this weekend, mate. So, uh, well, believe it or not, you do, a bom- you do a Bombers podcast every week or a live stream with a couple of the boys. Uh, true or false, didn't go ahead this week? No, false. It went ahead. Oh, beautiful. True or false, you were racially abused Tip and Woody. Uh, that's, that's false. Okay, beautiful. I just had to just had to confirm that. Uh, what's your that's thoughts around that whole saga that's going on there, mate? A little bit stiffer, Tipper? Yeah, it's 2021 and the fact that we're still having people trolling and saying abusive things to people and players is pretty shitty out. So, yeah, I hope they can stop. Well, I'll chat about it later in the potty anyway. Uh, and then, of course, the one, the only, Choo Choo Pete Express, mate. Give us your best Choo Choo, mate. Choo Choo. The Pete Express is back for another podcast, yeah, and, and it's good to be back here again. The and, Pete uh, Express. <laughs> First of all, where can they listen to hit up on social media? Uh, they can find us on Twitter and Patreon at SC Elites, on Facebook, iTunes, and SoundCloud at Supercoach Elite. Oh, Pete, it's great to have you back, my friend. Uh, Pete Express, Supercoach Scores, Pete, you guys buy a whole different, a whole bunch of different things on here, I, mate. I certainly do, boys. I certainly do. Yeah, just uh, hold, holding the fort up, aren't you, Pete? That's it. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. Good, good to have you back, my friend. We will cap off what a week that was. Uh, go through who got everything right. I think I was four from four on the weekend, so pretty impressed with my own uh, tipping ability. We all know Pete was eight from eight because he's just an absolute gun. Um, we'll catch up and then we'll go on to next week's games. Um, Dizzard did remind me, last year we done our best bet of the round. Um, so I know it's short notice, but if you boys can give me something... You know, when we start talking about the games on uh, Friday and Saturday night, that'd be really, really good as well. Can't believe the dogs are going in at a dollar sixty. Sorry, the dogs, the lions are going in at a dollar sixty at the moment. Fucking, that is short. Um, when the doggies, yeah, arguably had such a great season. But we will get to that. We will touch up the Port and Geelong game. I think we all had Port, except was it you that had Geelong um, Royal? No, no, you're on Port. Yeah, yeah, beautiful. I think we all had Port that night. We all Any, went Port. Yeah. Yeah. Anything surprising out of that game from any of you boys, Schmitty? Nah. Um, oh no, nah, I don't think so. Really, probably. Um, I was sort of surprised just where how how good Port were in a way. Like I just thought maybe coming off their um, home and away season. I know they won their last six games, but just you know a very soft fixture. I thought maybe that would catch them out, but um, they stepped up to the plate and. Um, had a good buy-in from literally everyone and just put in a great effort from the start to finish and just did a number on Geelong. Yeah, you'll never tear us apart and I'll never lose after that. Um, <laughs> almost could you said it then. Royal, anything that surprised you? Uh, probably BT's boy, Arazio Fantasia, mm. kicking four snags. Uh, that probably yeah. sort of went under the uh, scope there. I think it didn't think anyone would think it back in four goals so yeah the fact that bt's boy kick four was a uh, pretty surprising probably the margin as well like 43 points um i didn't yeah, think it'd be that, that that far out in front port but uh hats off to them that made geelong look second rate that is for sure uh pete anything that surprised you mate yeah just a margin like the way Port played i think port were just too good that night um geelong were pretty much shocking to be honest yeah yeah, oh, beauty. Uh, and nothing really shocked me. I'm pretty sure I was the one who tipped the largest margin in that game. And um, Port came out. Geelong looked dull. You know what did surprise me? The fact that, and probably didn't when he got subbed on, that Sean Higgins started on the bench. I don't think Sean Higgins should be starting on the bench. He had a couple of those boys in there. Um, but he did not come on and produce too much, even when he did come on. The second game in was Sydney versus GWS, and, and an absolute cracker of the game. Couple of takeaway points here. Uh, Sydney absolutely kicked themselves out of this. They dead set. They should have won that. That that second quarter was absolutely atrocious. And uh, you know, for a team that dominated with as many inside fifties as they they did, I'm kind of disappointed with the entries and uh, and what was going on there. 
We'll talk about the game itself first, and then I'll ask a couple of questions about uh, T.A.G. Toby Green there, uh, Mr. White Wine Fever himself. We all know there's a couple of boys in here that like a couple of white wines, <laughs> but uh, none more than Toby Green. Uh, anything out of this game? I thought it was game of the round. It was an absolute cracker belter. Not too hard when the rest were so one-sided. Um, but uh, Schmitty, any takeaways? Uh, yeah, probably in hindsight, it was game of the round, obviously with the closest margin and the close finish at the end. Um, but no, I agree with you. No disrespect to GWS, but I really think Sydney were their own worst enemy in the end. They should have won comfortably. Um, they had, you know, I know GWS did a lot of early work to set themselves up for a lead, but, you know, the game goes four quarters and you can't rest on your laurels when you're five goals up in a final. And Sydney got back to, you know, having opportunities to put that game away well into early into the last quarter and just like you said kicked themselves out of it with their inaccuracy in front of goal and um yeah like i said no gws uh, no disrespect to gws but i really think sydney should have done a number on them in the end if bell converts that one from about 20 out i think they win the game quite comfortably too yeah they had plenty you know they they were within a goal and they've kicked five straight points so hickey missed an easy one you know they weren't hard shots they were all within side 30 they should be kicking all of them and winning by four goals yeah. uh, royal yeah probably like the fact how GWS probably got out to like a really big margin of five goals. I didn't I didn't think if anyone was going to get out to that big margin, I thought it was going to be Sydney, like with their experience in finals with Buddy and whatnot. But um, the fact that Jesse Hogan sort of like ran back the clock, it looked pretty uh, clinical up forward. Um, yeah, just Sydney's inability to just impact the scoreboard when they had a lot of like territory and possession um, in their front half that, that final quarter. I think they missed maybe four or five gettable shots and obviously cost them in the end. So, yeah, I was just surprised that GWS held on. Yeah, and uh, Pete? Yeah, no, I agree with uh, the other two boys. Um, Sydney pretty much kicked themselves out of it. Um, yeah, inaccurate kicking is uh, a very bad footy. So that's what I... That's what I that's yeah. what Good comment there, Pete. Yeah. Good comment. Can I, can I just add, I, yeah. like, I know uh, at the end of the game, whoever it was that was um, being interviewed, I know Toby Green got interviewed, but there was someone else, and, and they, I think it might have been Cogs actually, said that, you know, oh, really proud of the boys for hanging in there. Like, I, I think that's a bit of a myth, really. They, they hung in in terms of the scoreboard, but in terms of giving up the opportunities, they nearly shit the bed, so they just got lucky, I think, more than anything. Yeah, uh, and the Toby Green situation, boys, we'll go through one by one. Uh, and if you can touch on it if you want, Joel, I know you'd like to go in a little bit more in-depth about some things, and um, <laughs> I think this is a great discussion point. But uh, Toby Green, over, under, the AFL appealing it, what, what are your thoughts on that? Oh, I don't know. There's, there's, we don't really see too many instances in the modern game that we can, can really compare it to. Um Especially, you know, that are as demonstrative as the one that Toby did. You know, it's um, I liked I liked Toby Green, and and you know he does cross the line, um, but yeah, it was it's pretty hard to defend him this time around because, you know, let's call a spade a spade. He he made contact with an umpire because he wasn't happy. You know, there was a lot of media trying to spin it to make him not look so bad, but. Yeah, quite hard to defend when it's pretty obvious what happened. Um, in terms of the suspension, I don't know. If, um, feels right, but obviously the AFL want to make a um, what's the word I'm looking for? They want to sort of set the yeah set the tone and make a stand and uh, just make it obvious that for anyone in the future who's thinking of doing something similar, that the the ban is going to be significant. Royal. I think Sweeney hit the nail on the head there. Like the fact that um, the last incident that Toby Green was sort of reported for with, I think it was Paddy Dangerfield, and everyone was saying, like, if it wasn't Toby Green, it probably would have been thrown out or, or would have gotten mm. just a week or whatnot. But the fact that um, what he did on Saturday, yeah, it's probably inexcusable. All professional athletes know that they're not allowed to touch umpires, no matter how heated um, it is in the game and whatnot. Um, the fact that he deliberately went out and bumped him um, with a decision that he wasn't actually agreeing with. Um, it's hard. I'm, I'm one of Toby Green's biggest fans, and I, I found it hard to defend him there. Three weeks, is it is it right, is it wrong? We'll never probably know because this incident's probably like a one-off sort of thing. Um, the AFL, I reckon they're looking for maybe six weeks, something like that, just to really stamp it out and make sure that no AFL player does anything similar to that. And Mr. Express, what can you Yeah, add? Yeah, couldn't agree more with, with the other two boys as well. Um, yeah, hit, hit the nail on the head. Um, just can't do that. Can't touch an AFL umpire. Not on. Toby Green, you're an idiot, mate. 
Can't the whack of paint. Look, I, hey, I wouldn't something. want to run into him as a gummy. <laughs> yeah, the one thing that I think is it's um it's bigger it's bigger than the AFL. It's bigger than the game. It's bigger than putting your hands on umpires. I think the the one area that just really shoots down to is grassroots footy, and uh, I think that's why the AFL are, are seriously look at challenging the ban. I, I think Toby Green's already copped his right whack of. You know, potentially missing a grand final, and let's face it, they're they're a good chance to be knocked out this week. He's going to miss some games early at the start of next season. You know, they extend that out, they extend it out. It, it is what it is. But if you set that precedence that it's an okay to touch an umpire, and it's one or two weeks whether you're you're just touching him or or blatantly trying to walk through him, whether I see uh, I seen a couple of AFL players going in to to fly the flag for him last week and. You know, you slow it down. It almost looks like the umpire kind of gets out of his way before a contact is made. Regardless of that, it is a bad look. It's a very bad look, and I think yeah, it's grassroots footy that that's that's the 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 message that needs to be sent. And you can't touch umpires. I've played footy before. I played footy for most of my younger younger days. Worked weekends, so that kind of ruined the later in the career. And you know, even back then, you, you had you know players punching umpires, and I didn't play in a very high grade and and things like that. And so, if if you can get that, and it, it's a chance to send a message to to younger kids that you just don't go near an umpire. They're out yeah, there to absolutely. do a job, and it, you, you do not touch them. It's it's as simple as that. So. I'm I'm happy with them throwing whatever they want at him. Really, yeah. If it was yeah, three, too. it's three. If it's six, it's six. If they wanted to go ten, I couldn't care. Um, yeah. You send the message. You set the stance. I hate seeing Toby Green out because I've, I said this last week and I've, I've said it plenty of times. I think pound for pound, there's no better player in the AFL than Toby Green uh, for height, size, weight, everything he offers. They don't win that game on the weekend without him. Yeah, um, he's a great yeah. bonus player. Yeah. yeah. So look, it is what it is. Um, but yeah. I think something that's sort of flown under the radar in this whole thing too, and it's 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 related but not directly, I think it's almost irresponsible. And I think there's definitely some media personality that, that probably need to, you know, I'm sure the AFL are having a little word to them, you know, behind camera saying, you know, you can't be doing that. But, for example, Luke Hodge, straight after the game, I yeah. thought his press conference with Toby was pretty ordinary, man. Like, I know he's, um, I know he's one for protecting the brotherhood and, you know, of the players and stuff like that. But, you know, now he needs to separate himself from being a player and being a media personality and understand that he, you know, he needs to be setting an example of, you know, cutting out that behaviour and not sort of trying to spin it like, oh, it's not that bad, it's not that bad, because it is and it sends a bad message. Yeah, and I think maybe that he – I'd love to see if they brought it back and – had a conversation with him now, and I don't know if this has happened over the next couple of days, of what he thinks now, you mm. know, after the blowout effect, and, you know, he might have gotten the heat of the moment kind of thing, and, you know, maybe yeah. only seen it once or, or whatnot. Yeah, um, no, true. Yeah. Yeah, I'll just, well, I'll give him benefit of the doubt then, but I'll just hope that he didn't see it for what it was and then try to downplay it. Cause yeah, it's, it's and look, I can, I completely agree with your comment, because when that came out of his mouth, I was in the car... Would have been after the game, it was Saturday night. I was going to pick up Grog. Um, yeah, so, surprise, surprise. As soon as it came out of his mouth, it was like I heard. Yeah, I heard it on the radio. I was thinking, that's a that's a bad call. It's a, it's a very yeah. very bad call from such a prolific player who you know talks about being so tough out on the footy field. Because at, at the end of the day, it was, it was a weak act, and, yeah. and that's the best way to label it. It's a weak act. You you don't touch up boys. Yeah. Enough about that. We're talking about. Next week and this and ten minutes in we're two games in. Um, D's and uh, the Brizzy Lions boys. I mean, I think I was the only one that really flew the flag for the D's last week. So Lions, uh, we'll Lions. go have a Lions. No, 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 D's. I was a big D's man. No, 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 I'm no, all no, aboard no, the red no, and the blue. No. It's just arcs, arcs will. Um, <laughs> D's too good, too strong, too quick. Uh, head yeah. over the ball. They're everything. Uh, this is a team that. I bravely said would be going out in straight sets. Uh, they deserve to be premiership favourites. If they're not, and I think they'll uh, they'll give it a red hot crack going all the way. Um, <laughs> I I love I still love Port Adelaide. And I kind of want Port Adelaide to win it if the Brizzy Bears don't. But uh, thoughts on this game, Schmitty? Yeah, I've been uh, D's all the way through being a Collingwood supporter this year. They haven't brought as much joy, and I've had quite a good time watching Melbourne. Uh, and it was no different on the weekend. I wasn't surprised by the result because I tipped them, obviously, but um, I was surprised how just how dominant Melbourne's midfield group were compared to Brisbane's. 
Um, you know, you know what you're going to get from Clary, Track and Gorn, but it was Viney and Neil Bullen and Harms and Brayshaw and Langdon. They all, I think, they all had 20 to 25 touches. And you know, whereas um, Berry, Zorko, Bailey, those sort of types, they just really didn't impact for Brisbane, and um, no one else really chopped out Lockie Neal at all. Um, I know Jared Lyons had 27 touches, but in, he ended up getting half of them in the last quarter. He only had eight at half time, so when the heat was on, he went missing too. Um, Brisbane, uh, sorry, uh, Melbourne obviously have quite a solid defensive unit and a lot of premiership teams do sort of have that. Um, but Stephen May keeping Danaher goalless for the first time all year is obviously a big reason as to why they won the game too because, you know, if you obviously if you stop the opposition's key forward, they're going to struggle to score and they're going to struggle to win. I can only laugh at one thing I said last week. Um, and I did say that Charlie Cameron would absolutely dominate this game. He did. <laughs> I was definitely not, was not wrong about that. Uh, fancy not backing him for most goals uh, on the day yeah. as well. So, yeah, that obviously wasn't too smart on a weekend that I've done me absolute fucking nut too. So, please put your phone on mute while you're in the in the call, ladies and gentlemen. Very unprofessional. Um, and, uh, uh, Royal, how did you, t- what did you take out of this game? Yeah, I, I thought this was going to be the game of the round for me. Um, if it wasn't for Charlie Cameron, this margin probably could have been pretty ugly. Um, yeah, like Lakshmi like said, like I think Melbourne's midfield was just really good. And what 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 really separates teams uh, winning and losing games for me in finals is probably their bottom six to bottom eight sort of plays. And I thought Melbourne's bottom six sort of turned it up um, and, and played really well. They played their roles really well. And um, I think Daniel McStay, even though he's not Brisbane's most prolific forward, I think the the way that he went out of the game, it sort of impacted Brisbane's structure. Danaher was being able to be double teamed by Stephen May and Jake Lever, and they sort of they didn't have that really second forward to, to lean on. Um, you know, Fullerton's not proven as a forward, and um, their other forwards probably didn't really rock up um, besides Cameron. So, the fact that I think McStay went out was probably a massive indication as to why Melbourne made it so easy for them to win. And um, if it was if it wasn't for McStay going out, it probably could have been a closer margin. But albeit Melbourne. You know, credit to them. They deserved it. They've been the best team all year. And, and I'm, I'm, they're my tip for the, the flag. And I think if it's not Melbourne and Port Adelaide in the grand final, then I don't know what's going to be happening. Brizzy Bears. Yeah, I, I think Brizzy might go out straight sets this week, unfortunately. Ooh, yeah, don't, don't that is a big call. Big call there. Uh, and obviously the one, the only Mr. Yeah. Supercoach scores, Pete. Yeah, yeah. Look, um, Melbourne were just absolutely... Fantastic on the weekend. Um, they just got it done. Just dominant uh, in the midfield. Uh, defense as well. And even in the forward line, they're very potent there as well. So, great team performance from Melbourne. And uh, I think Brisbane will definitely bounce back, though. They'll bounce back against the Doggies this week, though. Yeah. Beauty. Uh, and to the game of the round, the most hurtful thing that I've ever seen <laughs> oh, no. in the world. Oh. Uh, this, this, hurts. The, this hurts so the much. The Bombers putting on absolutely fuck all. Uh, yeah. Against against the doggies this week, Schmidt, you want to give us your, your takeaways? Oh, I'd just like to start by saying well done to the two lads here, fucking Pete and uh, Royal, for rocking up after the loss. Dizza had his chance to be here and absolutely take the piss out of his, like he did in the group chat, but he's he's turned that down. So bad luck, Diz. Yeah. Uh, but you know, anyway, uh, Essendon, like they actually surprised me for the first half. Um, they looked well and truly up for the fight and they had a patch, uh, I can't remember when it was, I think it was maybe during the second quarter where they missed a few gettable chances and it, it sort of hurt their momentum a little bit. Um, obviously the wet conditions down in Tassie sort of brought it back to a more level playing field. Game plans sort of go out the window a little bit when it's raining that badly. Um, but yeah, Bulldogs obviously adapted better than Essendon, um, lasted longer in the contest and Obviously, when you've got the likes of Libar and McRae and Bont, who, you know, love that in and under sort of stuff, uh, it doesn't surprise me that they ended up getting the upper hand. Oh, fair enough. Uh, Royal? Oh, yeah, I think it was set in stone. I think it was the day before uh, when Nick Hind uh, was rubbed out for being an exposure site, getting mm-hmm. some uh, roast chicken. So I think that sort of set the precedent for us that it wasn't going to be our day. Um, yeah, well, look, we started well and... Um, if there's anything that goes hand-in-hand, hand, it's Essendon and not winning a final. Um, 
And then also, I think the fact that it was wet, I think I don't think there is a worse team that plays those conditions more um, than us. Like, I just don't think we have the ability to play in the wet weather. And it showed in the second half, like, like Schmidt said, like in the second quarter, we, we dominated you know, a lot of territory and had a lot of gettable opportunities that in finals, you just got to take. And when, when you're like three goals, seven at one stage, like you're just not going to mm. win a final. Um, yeah. And like in the second half, the fact that we didn't even throw one punch, um, it just showed like the, the Libbers and the Jack McRae's and the Pontempellis, like they were just so much cleaner than us. Um, if it wasn't for Darcy Parrish and Zach Merritt, like it could have got way more uglier than it did. And um, look, the margin probably didn't reflect at how well, you know, we hung in there for maybe three and a bit quarters, but um, full credit to the dogs. Like they, they were top two for a majority of the year. And look, our, our lesser likes probably didn't rock up as the dogs did. And I think I noted last week that Alex Keith didn't play when we, when we bet him back at Eddie had um, a couple of weeks ago and like he, he kept t- two metre Peter goalless and we didn't really throw a punch in the forward line. So yeah, full credit to the dogs, but um, hopefully the Brisbane Lions can uh, get one over them this week. Yeah. Uh, it's cool. funny. Uh, sorry. Oh, sorry. I was just going to say, it's funny uh, what the conditions can do. Cause obviously we saw only, you know, three weeks ago or whatever, Essendon beat the Bulldogs in a final and, and uh, sorry, at Marvel in the regular season and, dry conditions and everything, perfect for two-metre Peter to kick seven. Well, he had seven or something this week, and it was all handballs and no kicks, so. Yeah, I mean, like, that, 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 that was, like, the major thing for us. Like, we just couldn't get our running game going, and, and the dogs just played the conditions smarter and better, and hats yeah. off to them. And we kept bombing it in. We kept bombing it in there. That's, 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 that's a shocking... Um... Game game plan. That's just got to hit up the forward. You That's know? probably what surprised me in. more than anything, really, because you know my my biggest beef with the Bulldogs is their defense. I yeah, think, I think they look um, vulnerable in defense. But on the weekend after halftime, obviously they didn't concede a goal, but they just had Essendon on lockdown and just dictated everything. So good on them. Yeah. yeah. Scores anything, Dad? Um. Well. Yeah, apart from being disappointed, like, what can I say? Doggies were just too good on the day. You know, experience pays off, you know. Doggies just gets it done, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, I guess I guess it's um, a good learning curve for the future, though. You know, the young boys will mature into this, and um, they'll, take, they'll take something away from it. So, um, yeah. The only thing I want to add is it's uh, it was one team that I think was, was beaten by perceived pressure as well. I don't mm-hmm. know if it was a... What it was mentally, if players you know, didn't get enough sleep the night before, or what it was, but there were just so many times where there was a, someone would have a ball and there'd be five, ten meters in, in a regular yeah. season game, they'd just take off and, and go. It was just get the ball, and they and they just thought there was pressure there. It was on the foot, boom, blaze away, yeah. turnover, you know, and just yeah. seen that there was no looking where they were kicking, it was down the line, you're kicking a four on ones. Um, and I said this last week, Peter Wright, he's. And no offense to you boys, you might have a different opinion. He's a shit forward. He's a shit footballer. Um, and I know he kicked seven a couple of weeks ago, but he's the kind of bloke that's just going to pop up every six games, kick three or four goals, and just continue to get a game. He couldn't carry Joe Danaher's handbags if he even tried. So, uh, fucking two liter Peter, forget about it. Move on, go find something else. Um, Try and go get Wiedemann from Melbourne before Collingwood do. I think that's uh, he'd serve you a little bit better than two litre. Uh, all right, boys, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, let's move on to this week's game. All right, Geelong GWS. It's the Friday night, 7.50 over at Optus Stadium in front of the big lights. I cannot imagine what kind of crowd this game's going to get at all. I couldn't all. see too many <laughs> Geelong or GWS supporters over there. Start with you, Schmitty. Who do you think you're going to win? Why? How much? And can you find us a little cherry ripe dollar dollar bet for the weekend? Uh, all right. Let's start with, yeah, obviously GWS uh, pulled off an upset at the Cattery over a month ago to keep their finals hopes alive. Um, I think the a suspension of Toby uh, is almost uh, cancelled out by the uh, Tom Stewart injury. So I think they both sort of cancel each other. They probably would have played on or near each other at some point in that game. Um, Like Royal touched on before with... um, Actually, I can't remember which team he was saying it in reference to, but I think Geelong's bottom six is a concern. When they they play badly, it's always the likes of um, Buse and Rowan and Dahlhouse, Simpson, Myers. Generally, they're small half-forwards slash wingers who struggle to have an impact on the game. Uh, But when they play well, they obviously contribute. Uh, When they last met, though... 
Geelong were way under the average for um, uh, inside 50 efficiency. Uh, they kicked in uh, eight goals, 17. They had six more scoring shots, one clearances, had more double the marks inside 50, but they still lost the game by four goals. So I think if they can correct that, uh, make more of their opportunities, uh, they'll be too good. I just want to say too, Geelong's uh, ageing list, though, is obviously no secret. Um, they look it's, it's funny how they go because, you know, they look old one week when they lose. And then in the space of a week, that, that same thing can almost be their strength. Their ageing list can be their strength. Like, you know, all of a sudden they go from, oh, Geelong's too old. They, they don't have, you know, they can't move it fast enough, this and that. But then all of a sudden, like, being old makes them look more resilient and helps them handle situations better because, you know, they've got more experience. So, you, But at the moment, you just don't know which sort of old Geelong side you're going to get. Is it the old side that's going to get overrun or is it the old side that's going to be strong and resilient? So I don't know. I think um, I think we'll get the Geelong that's resilient and wise. And, yeah, their wise heads will rock up. And I think they'll win by about four goals. Uh, Royal? Oh, sorry, Andy, yeah. did you give us a – you got a leg this week for us? Um, I didn't. I'll quickly go on sports bets, gamble responsibly. We'll Ge- we'll I'm going to go – We'll give you Geelong to win. How about that? Yeah. No, I'm going Geelong 1-39 to 39 for two bucks. Royal? Yeah, look, I think Geelong, like, like I said um, earlier on, like it's the bottom of six, eight players that really have to shine through in finals for me and – like the Gary Rowans, like he he was non-existent. Um, like Smitty said, like all those, like the Bues and and like the uh, you know all those other kind of players that Geelong have that are lesser likes, um, just didn't really rock up. Like Grimeyes as well. Like I think there's a few selection um, things that Chris Scott has at the table that he might have to deal with this week. Um, uh, but GW West, look, they're 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 up there for a fight. Um, I think they can win, but I think Geelong that their experience in finals, like. I know that their first week in finals in history and record isn't that great, but I think they are pretty good at responding. They'll hardly um, go out in straight sets. So I'm tipping Geelong by about 15 points this week, um, purely because I don't think Toby Green being there is going to help their causes. Like, if, if Toby was there, I think they might have a chance. And, look, Canigula is probably not 100% either, and you can't really be carrying blokes in finals. Um, but, like, I've got a, a little nice nine-leg multi this week. Um, so we've got Geelong head-to-head um, to win. Um, Dangerfield, Whitfield, Taranto, Hopper, Duncan for all 20 plus, and then Jeremy Cameron and Jesse Hogan for two goals plus. That's going to give you a nice $9. So, load up on that, I reckon. Can I just have one leg, please? No, just one <laughs> leg, then. All right. And uh, Mitch Duncan's have the most touches then. Mitchie Duncan. They have the most. I'll give you 25 or more because that was my leg. There you go. Yeah. Uh, Pete? Yeah, so I'm going the Cats as well here to um, get their win back uh, from a few weeks ago. Um, I think their experienced heads will get it done again. Um, uh, even though they're, they're, they are ageing, though, um, yeah, I think they'll get it done. Um, and my best bet is uh, Jeremy Cameron, three-plus goals. Oh, <laughs> against his old mob, so that's my best bet, boys. There you go. All right, here we go, Petey. All right, Pete, I mean... Pete, bloody hell. Yeah, a couple of you yeah. boys took uh, took, took the thunder out of my sails. Like I said, I had uh, Mitchie Duncan, 25-plus, is going to be the easiest mark you can get. I don't know if you guys noticed last week, I, and I was definitely commenting in the uh, in the bloody um, Patreon, in the Discord, that there, Mitch Duncan was playing literally everywhere behind the ball last week. Like, every kick-in, Mitch Duncan had the ball. Like he was yeah. like it was like he was permo in the midfield and backline. Like you couldn't stop it. So Mitch Duncan twenty five is absolute shoe in this week. Geelong yeah. will pants GWS this week. They will pants yeah. and then they will go next week and they will get absolutely demoralized. And I mean <laughs> they will get slapped next week. No, no Stuart, no Geelong. And and I'm like I don't know if anyone thought I was taking the piss. That is a hundred percent serious. This team cannot win a flag without them because he is their only offensive weapon off that half back line. The only. No one else can use the ball properly. They have beautiful interceptors. Um, they've got beautiful role players. They've got you know. I was going to say rebounders, but they really don't. It all comes to getting the ball, getting it to Tom Stewart, and having him use it. And the second he came out of that, t- they were a they were a rabble. 
last week yep. to come back. Like, they couldn't do shit. And that, that'll continue after. Well. I'm telling you, if Toby Green was in this week, I reckon GWS would have been my value better than the round. But without Toby Green, they cannot beat Geelong. Um, and without Stewart, Geelong cannot make a grand final and will not win a final. Yeah, the fact that like Rowan was also <laughs> on the halfback flank as well just showed how desperate they were for some running carry and someone to be creative and, and whatnot. He actually looked quite decent there, um, to be honest. But yeah, look, the fact that you said like Stewart out is just massive. And I'm just looking at their list, like I just can't see anyone that plays similar or anything. Like they might have to move a Guthrie there as well, and, and it just diminishes mm. their midfield as well. So yeah, I couldn't agree more there. Yeah, um, they, Corey. they were in a lot of trouble, a lot. Um, and something we don't normally say about Geelong, but I just, like I said, I just think that th- their best is is well and truly done. Um, yep, I'd probably have to agree. Yeah, and it's funny next year because tell you what, they they would have been they would have been loving life and thinking that they, it was all about yeah. them and that they were going, you know, they were they were going to be serious red hot crack. And I tell you what, they lose one player in Tom Stewart, arguably their most important, and it has cooked them. Uh, can I just quickly add? Uh, what are the odds of David Zaharak has joined Geelong? No, no, Any no, chance. no, no <laughs> chance. I don't think I don't think Zach is just playing for you next year. I I, I, I uh, don't even think you know. There was I don't know if it was a joke or tongue in cheek. Someone was talking about Gold Coast in our in our chat the other day. I don't think there's any chance he goes and plays at Gold Coast. Yeah, um, I think yep. he knows he's. Better than I that. think. Anytime, I, I mean, think anytime I mean, someone says someone's going to Gold Coast, it's yeah, it's right, almost a bit of a default thing now. Yeah. Just like, oh, well, yeah. Gold Coast needs someone. Yeah, to I accidentally yeah. just said that he thinks he's better than that, and I meant the other way around. I think Gold Coast think that they're better than going and picking up a player like David Zaharakis. Now, he's yeah, look, yeah. I, I was saying this to the serial press yesterday. He's making a career off one off one goal. Um, really, now he's, <laughs> he's, he's the writing's been on the wall for a long time for Zachers and. Um, as disrespectful as it almost is by Essendon for not giving him another chance for being such a long servant, I think it's the best thing the club could have done. Yeah, mm. yep. yeah, couldn't agree more. Yeah. Okay, yeah. boys. So here we go. We've got uh, Geelong head to head. Mitch Duncan twenty five or more. Jeremy Cameron. I had two, but Big Pete's gone three. That'll get Dang. you. And if you're being a little bit cheeky, you can really exploit the sports bet system here. I think. I think because if you go Mitch Duncan twenty or more as well, that'll give you five legs. And the money back factor as well for two mm. legs fails. So kind of like that. And that'll give you 360 odds. So uh, we will have a little play on that this week. That's for sure. Um, moving on to the next game. What could be an absolute cracker? Did I? Did I? Yeah, I think yeah, John win. Yep. Yeah. Uh, the Doggies and the uh, Lions literally could be anything. One team could win by 40. One team could lose by 40, obviously. Uh, but then we could have an absolute cracker of a game. So what happens in this one, Shmi? Uh Yeah, so like the Brisbane and Melbourne game, I, this is obviously going to be another midfield showdown, really. There's that many good midfielders out there for this game too that, um, yeah, it would surprise me to see Brisbane's mids pretty much get embarrassed for two weeks in a row. So I'm, I'm backing them to bounce back. Um, they only met each other once this year and it was around four so it's sort of hard to gauge how they will come up against each other now you know five months down the track uh you know they're both sat in the top four for a lot of the season so like you touched on i think it's a really a flip of the coin it could be an anything game um to me though it really boils down to two things i think which midfield group can support their defense better and hit the scoreboard better um obviously goes a long way and assuming that the ruck contest will be Oscar McInerney versus English and Young again, I think um, you'd have to give Brisbane the advantage because I think uh, they'll be good enough to you know make the most of McInerney's dominance. Um, but obviously the Dogs can still win without having a real ruck presence. Obviously last week Draper dominated the hitouts and they still won the game. So with no confidence... I'm tipping Brisbane purely because of the home ground advantage, and I think they'll um, capitalise on having the dominant ruck. Um, as for a leg to chuck in a multi, uh, no game last week exceeded 165.5 points, and that's the overs-unders for this game at $1.88, so I will go the unders again. Unders. Nice, nice, nice. Uh, Royal? Yeah, look, uh, I'm not... With any confidence going with Brisbane, purely 
Molly gone with them due to the home ground advantage. They've only lost one game there this year, and that was back in round one against Sydney. So the fact that they've got a home crowd and, and whatnot, I think that'll just get them over the line. Um, I think the ability for them to get first use out of the middle as well will be um, pretty crucial. I think Lockie Neal and, and Jared Lyons and, and the like will, will lift um, this week and, and hopefully get them the win. Um, yeah, look, um, it's going to be interesting to see what the Dogs do this week. Like They brought in Josh Shackey in last minute. Kicked a couple of goals. Does he stay forward? Do they bring Cordy back in? Um, the whole ruck situation, again, is um, going to be really interesting. If they're going to bring English back into the middle or are they looking to bring in another ruckman? So that's going to be one to, to look out for. Um, but in terms of a, a leg, I've gone um, Jeremy, uh, sorry, Charlie Cameron, I should say, um, for four-plus goals. Oh, that's a big yeah, put on an absolute show. 450. That's a stocking filler. Um, <laughs> Pete, what do you like? Yeah. All right, here we go. So I'm going with the Lions. Uh, no, dis- no disrespect to the Doggies. I think they played their grand final last week against the Bombers. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I think the Lions at home, too strong, too good. Um, therefore, Lions should um, uh, communicate better, I think, this week. And... Um, my best bet, um, bit of a long, bit of a long odds. This one, um, Jared Lyons, thirty or more. Okay. 30. Paying two seventy five, I think. Yeah. Thirty or more for Jared Lyons. Hang on, we oh, we've got to go in. Actually, got to go into disposal market for this. Yes, we do. Yep. Uh, where are we? Okay. All right. Thirty or more. Jared Lyons at two seventy five. Not too bad, Pete. A little bit juicy yeah, there you. by you. Thank you. Juicy thank Jones. you for it. Um. Look, I, I'm not going to go in as confident as I was last week. Um, seriously, it was. Uh, I thought the Lions were going to put on a better show than what they did, and they were absolutely woeful. So, um, I think Brizzy do win this match. I'm not as confident. I really like um, the Doggies. I don't think they did play their grand final last week. I think they actually got one of the most perfect games they could have asked for. But in saying that, the Lions getting slapped. I mean, sorry, the Doggies getting slapped last week was almost one of the best things you can get for them. You don't want to lose games. You know, you don't want them to be rough and hustle and bustle if you're going to go and play the next week as well. So I think both teams will, one with a team to prove and the other one that's got to keep going and doing what they're going to do. So it's anyone's game, uh, this one. Uh, my market is, I think, Daniel Rich, 25 or more. I can't really see him putting too much attention into him. So uh, doing it this way, we've just got a 47 to 1 multi here. And it'll get Gee, you. It'll right. get you unders at one sixty four point five. I've put Charlie Cameron in one, two, three, four goals as well. So all of them lines for twenty five, lines for thirty, and Rich to get twenty five. That gives us seven legs, which, if my theory is correct, eight legs. If my theory is correct. We can have three of them fail. So if they all fail, we're absolutely home. Now I don't know if that's factual. I'm sure sports better all over this, but that gives us fifty six to one on the power play, ladies and gentlemen. Jesus that is not a bad little touch there. Put your so. house on it. Yeah, absolutely unload there. Um, <laughs> yeah, like that. Well, wow. <laughs> not too, not too much more to speak about because we're we're basically all said and done here. Um, anyone want to have anything else to add? Schmitty, you're normally good at this. No, I actually don't this week. I think we've covered it all. Preview, preview. That's all we can do, eh? Yeah, not too much more to go with. Um, all right, Royal. Uh, uh, yeah, I'm just curious to see um, what matchup you guys are interested in seeing this week unfold. Uh, definitely the same. Oh, the matchups. Yeah, I liked this question yeah. just last week. Um, we'll start with you, Schmini, on the Friday night. Oh, on the fly. Um, oh, God. I don't know. I, I'm i keen to just see how Danger bounces back. He obviously think he's playing with an injury, yeah, apparently. I think it's broken. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm just, I'm just big on seeing guys make their name in finals, and you know, obviously there's some guys who have made a career out of doing it, but I just feel like there was a lot of names on the weekend who just really didn't step up, and you know, Jared Lyons comes to mind, um, Cam Guthrie comes to mind. You know, when their when their teams they were great during the regular season, but when their teams needed them, they just didn't fire. So that's probably what I'm keen to see the most this week if they can bounce back and. And make an impact and get him to a win. Absolutely, go on MIA. Um, and for the second game, um, the second oh, game. I, suppose you oh, I, did, I just said about Jared yeah, Lyons. Yeah. So yeah, I'll, I'll count that. Uh, Royal. 
Oh, I'm just interested to see how Jeremy Cameron goes against yeah, the old mob. I don't think he played well. last time, so yeah, just interested to see where Sam Taylor goes if it's to, to Cameron or if it's to, to Hawkins. Um, and in the second game, I'm I'm really interested to see how uh, Joe Danaher goes up after last week, uh, not being able to score a goal and cost me multi. So thanks for that. So, uh, it's, it's, <laughs> what are you having for any time goal at a dollar four or something? That's your answer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well. I thought I'd be home with that one, but yeah. Um, yeah, so it's interesting to see how he'd go this week, but uh, yeah, that's probably my uh, two uh, matchups that I'm looking forward to. Don't inbox him. Pete? No, I won't. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, Royal, Royal took the words straight out of my mouth. I was about, I was going to say Joe Danaher after last week going goalless. Um, yeah, see how he um, fronts up this week, if he can perform or, or if he just has another stinker and just becomes a um, straight sets, you know. Player, I guess, sort of, you know. Joe Denner has not oh, played, Pete. Nah, he is. I hope he plays well because we all know how you Essendon supporters react. You'll just abuse him on his Instagram or something. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. No, that, that's not me. Essendon, Pete, Joe Denner, who got knocked out last week. Okay, yeah, thanks thanks for the update, Corey, but, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do you mean another player, Pete? Because you said Joe Danaher. Um, Nah, that's all I've got to say, Joe Danaher, yeah. Alright, cool. Well, Pete's Interesting. Not, we cut three last this week. I think Pete's not coming back next week, so uh look the Jeremy Cameron fact is gonna be good. I wanna see Tom Hawkins too. I thought he was a little bit disappointing last week. Um when the game really needed to be won. They they were in his head. They were really in his head. And I think if this game is a close game and GWS can do that again, I, I think they're going to put... And this is why I think Jeremy Cameron can actually have a bit of a field day because I think a lot of attention is going to um, do, gonna go to Hawkins. They're going to try and do everything they can to get under his skin. Um, and, yeah, I, I believe they can probably do it, to be honest. It's... They don't gave it a red hot crack last week and and it worked. So I think they'll do the same this week. Um, and in that second game, how can you go past the midfield? This game is won and lost in the midfield this week. Um, no if buts maybe's about it. That is a hundred and ten percent. It's funny because I've just got that feeling. I'm going to talk about the same shit next week. I've got that feeling that we're going to come here and we're going to recap and I'm going to say that um, the game was absolutely fucking cooked by um, by Bevo again. And like I, I hate to have that theory. I just I just think he's gonna do it. I think he's gonna manage to find some way to fuck his team. Um Yeah. I just yeah, I just don't think they trust Tim English at all anymore. Yeah. Um but it's sort of funny because as much as they it looks like they don't trust him as a ruck, like he almost looks better anywhere else than the ruck. So you sort of understand their reluctance to maybe put him in there because they seem to get more out of him when he's around the ground. Um, but do you, I heard I heard an interesting thing. I think it might have been on the Sunday Footy Show, and I think it might have been Kane Corns that said it. So it was obviously outrageous. <laughs> but um, what do you guys think about the Bulldogs potentially exploring a trade for Team English, given that they seem to prefer him as a forward, and then after next year they're going to have Norton, Jamari Uwagen, and uh, Young Darcy. Mm. Like, do they do they look for like he's obviously got currency? Do you do you look for a ruckman or? Do you try and find a like a you know solid citizen B grade Toby Nankervis? Well, sorry, no disrespect to Toby, but you know what I mean. Like that sort of just solid ruckman who can fill the role that they probably hope Steph Martin would do, and then just try and get some currency for for English and just go after something else. Do you think that they just think that Tim's going to become a ruckman? I don't know. I'm, I'm not convinced that they do think that because otherwise they'd be trying, they'd be persisting with him as a ruckman. Because you know, if you if you had long term aspirations for a player to, is to it just, play is it a just certain size, role, though, that they're worried now that he's not big enough to be a ruckman yet. Maybe, maybe he's but, got he's uh, got that Grundy esque skill set. Like, yeah, for sure he does. But yeah, but like that's the point I'm trying to make. Like, yeah. if they had the faith in him that he would make it as a ruckman. They try and just let him learn his craft yeah. and eventually either find out whether or not he can do it. I but... just I, I don't understand how you can have a player that size, that talented, have the list that you've got there up and coming, exactly like you just said, and not play him as just a ruckman. Yeah, exactly. Like, it's um, it, it's funny because if I was Tim English, like, do you think Tim English wants to play ruck? I, do. <laughs> I don't know. I think he does. 
But it's like it's like the same with Geelong. Like they've had an issue with their ruck stocks for so many. Yeah, years but they now. get fucking dumb ruckman. Like they don't go get yeah. good ruckman. The, the, the their last good ruckman was fucking Brad Ottens. Yeah, yeah. Well, like, well, but the thing is, like, there's much. probably not many yeah. ruckmen that are out there that are you know gettable, um, especially with teams not wanting to part ways with their backup ruckman purely because if their number one goes down, then they're stuffed. But yeah. look, um, the fact that English is a WA boy, if I'm correct in saying that, like. West Coast have Nick Nat, and then Freeman will have Darcy. Like it, it doesn't look like either of them will go after him, and he'd probably only want to go home anyway. So it just doesn't look like there, there could be a trade to be done unless he wants to stay in Victoria. But most clubs in Victoria have a number one ruck, and they probably wouldn't be wanting to be parting with a first-round pick for him anyway. So it's an interesting one, but, um, yeah, the dogs might have to uh, deal with that. I mean, uh, this, Sorry, I mean this genuinely. Do you think the Bulldogs would go after someone like Mason Cox who can just genuinely just I'd play straight. Yeah, I said the other day that the, there's only one football club that that bloke can realistically go to next year, I think, and it is the Western Bulldogs. Yeah. And and would feasibly just do his job for a year or two. That's all he's going to yeah. do. He doesn't... No, exactly. Like, he's not their saviour. He can just go be a dopey fucking ruckman, spend a bit of time <laughs> up forward, help Tim yeah. English out. I mean, Steph Martin... Best probably passed him. Um, There's probably one other player, Corey, that I just thought of. Marby or Charles, probably someone else that they could probably potentially look at. But think, he's probably not, don't he's think probably he's not the good number one. No, nah, he's not, not a ruck enough to, uh, to be a full-time yeah. ruck. Um, yeah. I know he can jump, but... Yeah, it's, it's a conundrum that they've got. Yeah. Oh, they're, they're fucked. They're actually fucked. <laughs> Like, it's so funny how negatively we're talking about a side that finished that was in the top two all the, year. They're and, the best team out there. They're just yeah, so poorly yeah. coached, in my opinion. Like, yeah. and, and I speak to a lot of Doggies fans who actually genuinely think the same. They yeah. are genuinely 100% think that they are that poorly coached that's not funny. Like, yeah. It's just no consistency with, with anything that they do, like in their selection or their game plan or, you know, where the personnel are playing. Well, and that's the worst it's, part about it. They go the whole year as the best fucking team out there. By a country mile. I mean, no disrespect to Melbourne, and, and probably Melbourne probably were the best team out there. And, um, so, you know, one of the best teams out there. And then it was just, I don't know, three weeks come out, and Dunkley come back in, and their, their game plan changed, and they're trying yeah. new things. They're playing fucking Bonton Pally as a ruckman in yeah, a game fun. before finals where... You could argue form would have been everything going into that. It's just I don't want to sit here and shit on the doggies every week because they're a fucking great team and we could come here next week and be like, yeah, we just yeah, watched sure. the best team out there absolutely dominate and, and they get a challenge for a flag. Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. But exactly, yeah. Speaking of Dunkley though, Corey, do you think like the last few weeks he hasn't really been around the midfield a lot? Like, I'm not saying he's going to go back to Essendon, but would another would another team hmm. just be interested in tapping him on the shoulder, saying like, you'd be coming? into our midfield, number one. Like, is there another team in Victoria that probably think, could think, pitch I to him? I think every team would want to have a yeah, conversation with sure. his management. I, don't, I can't see a team that he doesn't go into and being their best two to three players. It's it's He's an absolute gun, and, and maybe he's not 100% right, and, and that's the only thing you can really put it down to. He, he just must not be 110% right because... The form that we had is that super coach Josh Dunkley in the first couple of rounds. How long is he going to be out for? We need Josh Dunkley in our teams. They're two different players now. And and it has yes. to be... I'm saying it has to be injury because if it's not injury, then, then yeah, Bevo's dead set shooting himself in the foot. And, and Josh Dunkley's not going to come back in in the last couple of rounds and, and, and try and, and lift himself. I mean, they've got all the pieces to the puzzle. Fucking... They've got Trelaw, they've got they've got everything. They're a fucking fantastic football team. Just put it together. Exactly. Play your players in their yeah. role. And, and I promise you, if they get knocked out this week, there you cannot look past anyone other than the coach. Absolutely. Yeah, and, and I think um, if he didn't win a flag in 2016, he wouldn't be there now. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah I yeah. probably agree. Yeah. yeah, for sure. It's just To me, their list profile just looks a little bit off. It's that they've got... You know, you're not going to knock back at Adam Trelaw when he says, I want to come to your club and mm. you've got the cash. But, like, in saying that, Adam Trelaw this year doesn't feel like Adam Trelaw of the Giants and Adam Trelaw of Collingwood, who was, like, the star midfielder, top five, you know, player at the club. He just looks like a, a guy now who's just having fun playing footy but doesn't rack up massive numbers anymore. And it's almost just as a result directly of 
Bulldogs having a surplus of gun players who just, you know, sort of similar to Dunkley, almost hinder their ability to be their best. Yeah, that's... I think I, I think one of them moves out. Like I think one of them will seek a trade, whether it's you know Baz Lenker in a couple of years or if it's Dunkley. But I just can't see how all of them are going to be happy playing big par roles um, every week. Like I just don't see how it's going to happen. I, I do think maybe one of them will ask a trade if it's not this year, maybe next year. Yeah, well, and well, didn't... the problem Sorry. is with Trelaw. Is I mean, you would never, never, ever seize a Trelaw like ever. He's a fantastic footballer, but. Are Trelaw and Lockie Hunter just the same player? Basically, like, like right yeah. now, especially for the doggies, they use them in the exact same role. There, there is really no different role between the two of them. This might sound, um, what's the word? Uh, oh, it might be a bit of a contentious thing to say, and this is no sour grapes at all for Collingwood letting Adam Trelaw go because I still love Adam Trelaw and hope that if the Bulldogs win a flag, well, if they can get to the grand final, that they win it for him, but. I'd almost go as far as saying Lockie Hunter is playing better than Trelaw this year in that role. And Trelaw needs someone else from that midfield to go out for him to shine. Yeah, he's more an insider than outside, in my opinion. Like, yeah. They're not, they're not going to throw Libertore out on a half-forward flank anymore. He's, no. He's not no. impactful there. Um, Bontepolo, like, yeah, number one. And Jack McRae, like, he's sometimes inside-outside. But he can play both roles. But... So, like, Bontempelli and Jack McRae are locked into the midfield. So there's only that one spot left. And you've got rotating between four or five guys. And like you said, when you're like, Trelaw probably not you know, influential as he has been in his past. You just question, like, which one of those guys say, hey, like, I'm being a bit part player here. I can go to another team and, and become an A-grader, number one, number two midfielder, and, and probably get a better pay as well. So, yeah, it's an interesting one to see that in one. In the same token, does that come down to Bevo just... Oh, fucking, again, don't want to be... Oh, I don't fucking. Does that not come down to like, all right, I've got these two wingers here, yeah, that that are that can be absolutely amazing wing wingers, and and yet he goes and puts every other player in, like on the wing, and maybe that's your your theory is right. Maybe they've just got maybe they just got too many. They yeah. do. Like they've just I got agree. too many of the same player. Yeah, because yeah, even Bailey Smith now, like he's playing on the wing, and last year, like when he was playing in the midfield, like. On the inside, he was really good, and he was a really good super cup option for us later on in the year. And like this year, like you look at his numbers, and he'd probably be hardly anywhere half as good as was last year. So, like you just ask, like you got him, Dunkley, um, Hunter, Trelaw, like they're all like vying for like one or two positions, and it's just not um, feasible in the future, like for them to operate like this going forward. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and uh, like I said, I mean maybe. Maybe we are just talking too much, too much doggies here, and uh, you know, like yeah. haven't enjoyed it shitting all over them, and that that could be fact. No, they they could smash um they could smash Brisbane this week, roll into a prelim, and easy, and look like they'll win the flag yeah. by ten goals, you know. But I just think at the end of the day, I think they've got a lot of assets that they could redistribute some of their, mm. uh, yeah, redistribute some of their assets and and um bring in some acquisitions from other areas that they need to address a little bit. Yeah, for sure. All yeah. right, <laughs> let's wrap it up there because it was uh, we ended up talking more about the dogs as we do every week. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, oh, boys, thank you so much for popping up on behalf of the Patreons at patreon.com forward slash SC Elite. Peace out, community, and thank you for listening. <laughs>